What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, we got two good games to talk about this week. Uh, we have the West Virginia uh, blowout, is what I'm going to call it, and then the close loss to Kansas. So Hunter and I are going to take a look at those and then kind of talk about the season as a whole and what's coming up next. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at prmiraider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. Your 37th ranked Texas Tech sports podcast is back to talk about some pretty good games. Um, Hunter, Tech Hoops guy, is back with us as usual. Uh, How did you like this week? What's your overall feeling about the past two games? Well, I mean, it's hard to be disappointed in either result, really. I guess two and zero would have been would have been nice, but we played well. And Kansas is just a uh, such a tough place to play. But yeah, you know, I guess chronologically, the West Virginia game, we just we just beat them with basic math. You know, like we rebounded forty five percent of our misses. We turned them over on twenty five percent of their possessions. And we only turned it over nine times out of seven. So, you know, that 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 just doesn't. That's just too. That's too much to overcome. You know, that, that's how we yeah. can. That's how we can get away with not making any threes or jump shots. Um, and we just dominated them on the glass. And what's what's the Big Twelve is weird. Um, it's hard to figure out from a rebounding perspective because we. I think we are a good rebounding team, uh, but we've been taken advantage of on the glass and games this, this year, like yeah. maybe even Monday night. Yeah. And, and then like uh, last night, TCU, who's like dominated the glass, um, got whipped by Texas. Um, so it's almost like everybody is a really good rebounding team. And uh, on any given night, there's, there's so much kind of some luck built into rebounding. And, and if you just get a little bit of bad luck against you, uh, the other team can have a, uh, can just take over. And so that's, you know, we need to be kind of doing that. We tend to do it at home. I think, Yeah, um, you know, I think we just maybe have more energy, um, but a team like West Virginia who plays small this year, just is a, not a very good matchup, especially when we get them in foul trouble, uh, some of their bigs in foul trouble early, which is what we did. The rebounding thing is like, if you would have asked me, like explain this, I would have told you, with the defense that we play, we give up because we give up the most threes in the conference, correct? So correct. I would say like 
you, if you give up the most threes, you give up the most long rebounds. Those are the hardest to track down. Those lead in the most offensive rebounds. But I don't know if that's accurate. That just makes sense to me. I think generally that is true. That, like, um, I've, you know, if you listen to Ken Palm, um, he, he's got some numbers on it that, and it's not a huge difference, but yeah, threes are easier to rebound um, from a, when you're the offense playing offense and then yeah. second, a close, close second is like a drive to the basket um, because, but, and I, and I find that, you know, I, I think we are a good rebounding team because we do go to the basket so much because when you, when you do that, you draw shot blockers and then that they leave their guy. And so you can't box someone out and also contest a shot at the same time. Right. Um, so I think that's what we did to West Virginia. And, yeah. Uh, well, and that's what's, and I told you this when we got on the zoom and just started talking was, it's crazy to me how far tech basketball has come to where a 13 point win against West Virginia is like good. You should have. And then it should should have been more. And then to your point, another example of how far we've come is, you know, we're playing big Monday against Kansas and it was their freaking Super Bowl. I mean, they, they stormed the court basically their players did after that game. Yeah. Uh, You know, we are like the, it's almost kind of a, a situation where we get people's best shot now when yeah. we when we show up because we're just like one of the premier teams in this conference and it's been like that for a while now. You know, I was like joking. I mean, there's some guy wearing a sweater somewhere. He's a North Carolina alum, and he's asking his buddy like, "How you, you realize that Tech has been better than us for like going on a decade now?" You know, and it's like, well, "How is this possible? How is?" you know, this shouldn't ha- be happening. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's some thought, some guy, like some Michigan fan. Um, yeah. Who's probably wondering the same thing, um, but it, it is what it is. I guess yeah. we, we, it, we have it, something going for us. It is wild, but it just doesn't seem like that long ago. I mean, and maybe West Virginia is down some, but there's still West Virginia to me. And so you get them at home and it was, I didn't, I didn't have that nervous energy, big game. It was just like, well, we'll beat them, which is just, I mean, it's a testament to this program and what Mark Adams has done. It's just crazy to me. But, and I think I texted you this during the West Virginia game when I think it was at halftime. And I, I sent a screenshot of the field goal percentage, like field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. And tech was lower than West Virginia in all three categories. They finished the game lower than them. I mean, about the same on field goals. And I sent that. Uh, that meme of uh, from Breaking Bad of Aaron Paul doing like he can't keep getting away with this like how are we, like they're they're shooting so bad and yet it doesn't matter like, how does it not like I was out of a friend who's a who's a Kansas fan and we were texting during that game and, and I was just like I have no idea how this is in overtime I, I don't know how we scored this many points like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the Kansas just kept hanging around and just kind of kept it within striking distance. And, um, you know, they had some chances. They did some kind of some dumb things late in that game. They had like a careless pass that Davion Warren um, interrupted and turned first down. And they fouled us and we made the shot. They had like a lazy box out. Shannon got a rebound. And then we turned it into like a four-point possession. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our defense finally, you know, the first 30 minutes, they were just doing things that will to us. And then I think the last uh, like seven or eight minutes of the game, they only scored nine points. And so, you know, you're, we, I guess that, that whole game, I was just kind of waiting for our defense to do that. 
uh, to, to string stops together. Um, and they finally did our, I mean, um, all right. Yeah. If we want to just jump right to the Kansas game, our yeah, offense yeah, yeah, played yeah. good enough to win that game. I mean, uh, it's just, I don't know if it's just a, a narrative or something, but like anytime things are going poorly for, for us, everyone just like our offense is like, that's the kind of the thing that people complain about. Yeah. Um, and there's been moments where we haven't played very good offensively, but I don't think, I really think it's because we can't shoot. Yeah. And I, I think, think it just, right. I think it just looks, I mean, you shoot eight for 23 from three. I mean, or sorry, six for 20 from three. Kansas only shot eight for 23. It seemed like a lot more than that. But I think if you, I mean, if you just hit, I mean, if you get that to 40%, I think it just looks so much better than, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but that's to me, I think if you just, could shoot. I think it's almost like an aesthetic thing. You know, like I think I sent a text. It's like every three we take is a bad shot. <laughs> like, you know, other than Bryson Williams picking pops, like it seems like I don't trust it. And our shooting, I mean, I, I went and looked. And so since the Big 12 moved to the round robin play 18 games format, uh, this could be a little off, but I didn't make sure I was completely accurate. But it looked like there have been 10 seasons where a team shot below 30% during their conference games from three. Mm-hmm. And those 10 teams had a combined record of 47 and 131. So that, that comes out to, you know, I think the COVID year uh, took out a few games, but it's like a four and 14 conference record is kind of what you're averaging. You're like five and 13. Uh, wow. Uh, for those, only one of them, I think there may have been another that made the tournament, but I'm, it could just be one that, well, there was no tournament in 2020 when uh, West Virginia did it and went nine and nine, but they would have been a tournament team. Uh, and so it's, you know, we're doing that. We're 26%, which was close to being the worst three-point shooting season. You know, if that number held, it'd be like maybe the worst in Big 12 history. Yeah. And we're five and three. Um, and so, I mean, it's crazy. We're, we're it's a, we're maybe the, one of the most unique teams uh, then, when, if you think of it that way, in terms of being that good, because – from a points per possession standpoint, I mean, we're, we're, we're right there. We're pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's just, you know, we're getting lucky and kind of winning with, with catching breaks in other ways. I mean, it's almost like we're just, we're winning. We're getting a little unlucky and winning. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you beat Iowa state shooting terribly. Like, I mean, and I, like, it's just, I mean, I guess I should, I could say every win you've had, like you just said, you've shot terribly. It just, it just doesn't make like if you were just to ex- show the box score without the final score to like an outsider, you'd just be like, "Well, that team lost." <laughs> like I, I can tell you, you know, just do, just show them the percentages. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I do think that's why people uh, point to the offense. But the thing about the Kansas game that I think like it's hard for me to have a good feeling about a loss. Um, and maybe that's stupid, but all right, let me take that back. It's hard for me to have a good feeling about that loss when it should have been a win. Like I get, we played well. And I even saying that, like, I realized it took like some heroics to get it to where, you know, we were up or in the the first overtime, but it just seemed like as well as you played, as hard as you played, as good of a game as it was, you let that slip away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard not to have that, that feeling about it. Cause we, and really just, it's that first overtime, you know, we we're winning by five with maybe a couple possessions left. And there was like a, a kind of a chinchy trip 
we tri- uh, when Davion Warren fouled out, we tripped Agbaji when he was driving yeah. to the basket, and it's like, I guess that's a foul. It, it's uh, it was kind of a, that's kind of a bad break because I'm yeah. not sure he's gonna he was he would have finished that drive, and then it seemed like there were two possessions late where um, McCuller drew an offensive foul that wasn't called. Yeah, um, they have a, a bizarre. It's not like we did anything wrong, but um, it's the, maybe the it's the luck of offensive rebounding where they kind of got like a tip out um, right before their, I think it was the three to tie or maybe the possession before um, where we box the guy out. It's just, you know, it was a kind of a fluky play. Kind of tip backwards and they ended up getting an offensive rebound. And then like we missed some free throws, um, at least one, I think Malik Wilson did. Um, and not sure why we seems like we could have got the ball to Shannon, uh, who even though he had missed a free throw, maybe in regulation, uh, but we could have got it to him and got him to the line. I did think that was weird. I, instead of Malik, it, it looked like we were trying to get the ball to our you know fifty seven percent free throw shooter, which was the guy who really hadn't played that much. You know, coming off that injury, is in the game. I thought that was weird. We talked about it before we hit record. I thought it was like it was obvious that. Tech was trying to get the ball to Williams. And Kansas was doing a pretty good job of keeping us from getting the ball to him. And, but those offensive possessions turned so stale to where by the time, you know, Malik Wilson is on the wing trying to get the ball to Bryson Williams, there's less than 10 seconds on the shot clock. And now you've got probably the last player on the court you want in a one-on. And he did some good things. But still, the last player I want in a one-on-one situation is now like, just trying to get clutch buckets in overtime. I don't know. It's just it's stuff like that, but it's just kind of – okay. and I'll tell you, and here's what I want your opinion. We've talked about it a little bit. Do you call a timeout on e- at either of the endings of overtime? I definitely do not on the one where Shannon shot it with three seconds left when it was tied. So, I mean, I guess that's the first overtime. Yeah. And, and the reason is – he should have had a layup. A side out of bounds with – it would have been like five or four and a half seconds left. Um, inbounding the ball from the side is not very hard. to. It's, it's difficult to do uh, yeah, at times. Yeah. It's not like under the basket. And um, oftentimes, like it to, for, for us to have got it to the guy we wanted, he probably would have had to go into the backcourt to catch it. So that's – you're almost going backwards in a sense. Yeah. You, you can – it kind of – albeit really, really slim chances, but I think you have a higher chance of losing the game in regulation. If you call a timeout, like if the ball gets stolen, right. And you're trying to throw it in. It's yeah. probably, it's probably not going to happen if you just throw it to Shannon and he just puts his head down and drives to the basket. Yeah. Um. You ha- And then their defense wasn't set up. I know they had two guys close to him or on him, but that's kind of, that's kind of the point. Um, yeah. They had a broken down defense. If, he, if they got two guys on him, there might've been someone open. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I mean, he should have just drove to the basket and I, he was on the left side of the court. I mean, it, it was uh, really weird. It was like he slowed steam. down. You know, we're, we were, we would never have gotten Shannon sprinting at full speed um, within that position with a side out of balance play. Yeah. And I went and looked, I think we were scoring 0.6 points per possession on a side out of bounds following a timeout, which mm. is like terrible. I mean, yeah. that, that's, it's, that's not as high as it, what it would have been if Shannon just had taken that to the basket. Now it's after 
in hindsight, you know, if you know that the option is him throwing up a 50 footer uh, or 30 footer, um, then yeah, I probably would have wanted to call right. a timeout. But yeah. It's kind of, we used to talk about this last year, like when yeah. Kyler would kind of screw up in those situations um, and we would, and then the question would be like, why, why aren't we calling a timeout? And in those, there would be like 20 seconds left. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I just wish our guys would, would make the right play. Yeah, um, yeah, in that open floor situation. And then on the, on the second one, I think you have a a better argument. I, so I think we called a timeout after their first free throw. Mm. So we kind of had we were kind of coming out of a timeout, sort of. Yeah. But you could have. I guess what you're asking is maybe um, after he makes the second one, you advance the ball and then call one. Yeah. Um, I just think you can sh- you can set up a better shot than again a fall away. I, that one probably more so because their defense was set. Um, yeah, that wasn't the the one where in the first overtime, that was after a make. Um, and not only a make, but it was one where they were everybody for them was crashing the boards and it was a long three yeah. that tied the game. You know, they were kind of more um, disoriented uh, than they were out of a timeout after making a free throw where they don't have anybody boxing out. Yeah. You know? um, so I, I could see that one more. And, and we plus we had a timeout. But while we're talking about those timeouts, and uh, we've said this before that Adams does not call a timeout to stop a run. And right. I yeah. thought late when we were kind of making our comeback, we were calling timeouts and big moments of that and getting organized. And it's like when, when a team plays in Lawrence, Kansas, you, you end up having to call like four to three timeouts to stop runs. During yeah. That game. yeah. And that, by Adams not doing that, um, I thought really helped us because I've, I've seen games there where you're you literally have one timeout after the first half. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess my, my feeling is that I'm with you. I don't think I'm calling a timeout after that first one, <clears throat> because a lot of times you, like you said, you, you don't want the defense set up, especially you have the guy you want theoretically with the ball driving on his dominant side. And again, probably should have driven, but the moment I see that exact same thing is happening again in the second overtime, I'm calling a timeout. Even if it's just to set up the exact same shot that you, you're getting there. Like I want, like I'm trying to get Bryson Williams the ball. And like yeah, and he, you he know got what, us he, here. I want him. We're gonna like if he misses, fine. But I'm talking about for the three to, to shoot that last three. You want yeah, Bryson? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't mind the what we got out of it because I think. Shannon is kind of the Shannon or maybe McCuller um, is the one guy who could create could is athletic enough. I mean, he got a clean look. It was it was off balance, um, but he was able to jump higher than Braun, I think it was. And you know, there was no chance of that shot getting blocked. We we at least got a shot, it hit the rim. Yeah. Um, and and we, you know, had it really wasn't as bad, I, I guess, as what it uh, could have been in, in that situation just because Shannon's athletic enough to yeah. kind of rise above a defender. And, 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 and it's, it's absolutely hindsight because if you make either one of those shots, neither one of us are talking right now. I will say though, regardless of the result, I don't understand not fouling up three. And I know me and you disagree on this because you say five seconds under five seconds, you foul. I say under 10, but like, the moment Abaji gets that ball, I assume it's – I thought the one at the end of regulation was going in. Like, it looked good out of his hand. It was on the line. Like, I am fouling that dude. I'm tackling him the moment he gets the ball. Because it was under yeah. 10. It's 
I think it's close. Um, I think it's close. So I think the numbers would be like your chances of winning. And, I, and like, I think what people don't maybe uh, realize on the, on the whether to foul or not is how your chances of winning the game when you're up by three in the lap is really, really high if you don't foul. Yeah. You know, they just if you maybe if you give them the benefit of the doubt and they have a 40 percent chance of making it a three to tie it, which is it's much lower than that. But let's just say it's 40 percent. And then let's say you've got overtime is just truly a coin flip. Okay, that means you're going to win 80 percent of the time. Yeah. And so to by fouling, it has to improve your the only way you do it is if you have an 81 percent or more chance of winning. Right. And, and again, those it's much, it's much higher than 80. I think it's, it's closer to probably 85 or 90 than it is 80. Uh, and so it, it's just, I, I don't think people really, when they're weighing that realize how much that threshold you have to cross to get to that point, because when you foul, you bring, you're now, it's possible for you to lose in regulation. And that, that changes the equation tremendously. Uh, and I think the, the like little factors, that kind of could make this go one way or the other weren't necessarily like in our favor. You know, we were kind of missing some free throws. We couldn't rebound the ball. Uh, they were really taking, taking advantage of us on the glass. So, um, you know, they make one and then they miss a free throw and get the rebound. Again, you can, you can lose in regulation that way. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I would have, I, but with all that said, I think I would have fouled yeah. in that, and that I don't know if I would have with 10 seconds or whatever it was when he shot, but I was really close. I would have been really close to doing it. And, but I, I also wonder, you know, if we're playing defense on our side of the floor, where, you know, right where he, if he catches that ball right in front of Adams and Perry and everyone else, if we would have had something set up to, to where, okay, we're going to tell you guys when to foul, we're going to have some word. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. And yeah. Whereas when you're playing on the opposite end, you can't really manage it uh, the same way. Um, yeah. I, I wish we'd have done it. But yeah. um, and I, I mean, I and I'm burned because I think we should have fouled up three in the national championship. Like I'm always a foul up three guy, and, that, and like you said, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's right. It just makes sense to me. Um, I just feel like, and again, this isn't numbers backed or anything. It just seems like more things can kind of go haywire <laughs> when you foul. Um, you're basically just not giving it up to a prayer shot. And I kind of like having a couple more possessions to where, and maybe this is just a micromanager thing, but I just, I like having a couple more possessions to where like, I know I'm not going to lose on some ridiculous last second heave. I don't know. Maybe that's dumb. Yeah, and but, honestly, Terrence Shannon is a, should be a weapon in that because he's, he's so big and he's so athletic. I mean, you should be able to inbound the ball to him. And he's a really, really good free throw shooter. Yeah. And so, um, if I like him, just having him, because compare him to Moretti, you know, Moretti is a free throw cheat code, but could you always get it to him in an out of bounds situation? Right. Yeah. Not all. No, I mean, it's, no. it wasn't that easy No, yeah, uh, to do that. And uh, so like, yeah, if, if I'm, if I was Mark Adams, um, have the fact that I have a Terrence Shannon would make me more inclined to foul because now right. I'm thinking, all right, we're going to probably be able to inbound to Shannon and he's going to get fouled and he's probably going to make both free throws. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and that, those are just the, the frustrating moments. And, you know, your two, you know, your, your two best players didn't play very well. And, and that's another thing. I mean, that, that to me, I'm not looking at McCuller and Shannon as like not playing well, like to look 
to be like, what were they doing? You know, but it's like, that's how good this team is, is you should have beat Kansas in Lawrence with your, you know, supposedly ever you want to rank them, your two best players playing their worst game of the season. Like that says a lot. Like the people who are like happy and feel good about that game. I, is, is that what you're looking at? I guess it's like, you should have beat Kansas and you didn't even play that well. Yeah, I think so. And, and both of them had just some like silly turnovers. Yeah, so it, it was wasn't, weird. It was really I can weird. live yeah. with, you know, McCullough going one for 11, which is yeah. what he did. Yeah. And not having any free throw attempts. Although I, I thought he got fouled a couple times, but um, yes. Yeah. But just some of it, you know, he had just some kind of silly turnovers. And yeah. Uh, Kansas, like, there's just, if you, tur- if you take a, ba- a bad shot or turn the ball over, you're in trouble. You know, yeah. they're going the other way and they're getting a really good shot. And, um, but yeah, so that was, and then also you could kind of say, so what you're saying is you could have beat Kansas, could have easily beat him and your two players, best players played their worst game. I mean, I, I would, I would say arguably our defense, we had more lapses in that game than we've had all year. Yeah. that's we, true. we could have won. Yeah. Despite that. Because so they, they were, they had so many easy entry passes yeah. and so many kind of back doors or times where they just beat us down the floor and we weren't like yeah. organized. I mean, they uh, had the most points at halftime that we'd given up all year, I believe they said, or tied for the most or something like that. Um, so that's true too. Um, I don't know. I, and I guess that's why it's frustrating is you, you can point to so many things that like if that doesn't happen or if that is just a little different, if that's a little different, if you hit that shot here, it, I don't know, it, it goes a different way and the whole season looks different, but I definitely, definitely think we gained a lot of, I mean, I think we had gained a lot of respect in our earlier games, but that one being, you know, it was really the only, it was the biggest game of the night. Everybody was watching it. Yeah. Uh, and we, the way we played just gained so much respect by everyone. I think it's also part of the reason why all our players are complaining about getting hate mail, because that's just like when you play the primetime game and it goes into double overtime and, and it's the one everyone's watching and talking about um, just randos are going to send you stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of part of it. it's like why well, it's like a pro team or something right. like that's just a part of it. Yeah, those, thing, like, those people are doing it to every like tonight they're finding some game and, and sending hate mail to right whoever it is. What is your outlook on the rest of the season right now? Like, how do you feel? Are you are we better than you thought? Worse? Where do you think we go from here? What do you think? Well, way better than I thought we'd be. Right. I mean. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I thought, I thought we were be like a top 30 team before the season. And then that really kind of threw the non-conference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're way better than I thought, but I said this at the very kind of when we were, it was sort of a, uh, depressed, more of a depressing time of the season. I, maybe it was, um, after Iowa state or before Iowa state where we were talking about that, just how razor thin the margins are and you can be good and lose like 12 games in this league. I don't think that's going to happen to us, but at the same time, you know, we're going to be uh, a three point less in about five or six more games, you know, pretty much all of those road games, the UT game in Lubbock. um, We probably will be like a small underdog to Baylor. Um, So like, yeah, I mean, you can lose those games really easily. Even if you're good, um, you know, if, if you're not making shots, they get hot. They're they're winning on the glass. You have silly turnovers. Yeah, Shannon's taking terrible shots. Um, things bad things can happen. So, um, 
to answer your question, you know, I'm way more confident than I was before the season, but like still kind of concerned because Mississippi state's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and we just, this league is so tough. Yeah. And I agree. And I'm with you on a lot of that. It, I was worried. I think there's always a risk when you hire a coach. We've talked about this with football for a long time. You, it's basically a crapshoot. Like we thought we knew about Mark Adams, but it's different when you are sitting in the big chair. Like it just is. Um, and he's got a lot of experience, but this is a different level of experience. And so my biggest takeaway so far this season is like, this is not too big of a job for him. No. Like if anything, like it's going to sound like sour grapes, but I think we may have upgraded. Um, the recruiting hasn't fallen off. I like the way we're playing offense more than we were um, under the previous regime. Like I, the future of tech basketball is not, uh, not what I think the most of college basketball media would have had you believe um, on April yeah. 1st of last and year. I, that's crazy. I mean, I don't think you'd have, there wasn't uh, we had as much respect for Mark Adams as anybody, you know, yeah. over the years, like we were close enough to the situation to see how, big of an impact he played on prior teams. But even then, like, I, I think I was still underestimating just, you know, how good of, good of a coach he is and that we would just night in and night out. It doesn't matter who we're playing. I mean, there's yeah, really yeah. good coaches in this league. We have an advantage or it's a wash, right. you know, in the scheme and coaching department. Um, I saw a thing there. Are, we've played eight games, eight conference games, and three different teams have completely restructured their offense to when they before they played us the ultimate so, sign of respect yeah i mean which is just incredible so yeah. west virginia iowa state the second time and uh kansas state uh so yeah i think that's just a tribute to mark adams um and, when, and we've talked about playing it. us it's like you have to go from you have to just throw everything out throw yeah. everything out of the other and come something totally different to have a chance and we've talked about it too like it's not just adams and you, this is your you know, you talk about this a lot. The, the whole staff is good and it's full of coaches with experience in, in all kinds of levels, coaching all kinds of players. I mean, like it's an impressive staff. And I guess this is ultimately a tribute to Mark Adams that he put together. Yeah, I was listening to. So they had Rick Cooper, his like special assistant. He did the pregame interview before the Kansas game with um, Haxton. And like, OK, he's not a, an assistant. He's he's not even like Sutton. Right. He's not even yeah. like the the right-hand man who's a non-assistant he's the special assistant to the head coach and he i mean he won he's won 550 games as a head coach he wow. used to whip up on beard in the lone star conference when he was at west texas a&m i mean the guy is the, the guy probably knows what he's doing and he's like <laughs> he's just kind of this ancillary piece to what well, to a staff that's got multiple head coaches um former head coaches and then along with hester and sutton and then you have Mark Adams, who's just like just the most stoic um, guy, like never rattled at any point. I mean, there's times in those Baylor and Kansas game in the Kansas games where, uh, you know, he just is ice cold over there. And I think that's why we're I think it helps you stay in the game. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think the team has taken on his persona and he's never rattled to me. Like, I cannot imagine this team getting blown out like I think you will if there was ever a time to get blown out it was like this last game in Lawrence um 
and you and you didn't. And like there are several swing moments where it, if you didn't get a bucket here, if you don't get a stop here, like this thing's turning and that never was able to happen. Um, and I think it's because of the culture Adams has and the players adapting to that culture. And it's just impressive. And it's it makes it just makes the team like, you you know, you're going to get consistency when you watch them, when you go to a game, you know what you're going to get. <clears throat> And you know they're going to be well prepared, and, and like I said, they're just they're not going to lay an egg. No, and it's also when Bryson Williams is playing the way he is, it's going to be hard to get beat or blown out or lay an egg. Um, I went and kind of looked because to you know there's a, a relationship between your usage rate and how efficient you are. You know, um, it's the more you, the more shots you take, the more the balls in your hands the less likely you are to be efficient. <clears throat> and so, and, and normally that's, it's almost like when people are evaluating players, they look at that usage rate more than how much they're making shots because yeah. coaches know what they're doing. Players know who the good players are. If you're taking the most shots, you're probably the best player. Um, and so I want, I limited it to guys who are on the floor and 25% or more of the possessions while they're on the floor ended with them either mm-hmm. taking a shot, getting fouled, turning it over. Uh, and there was 11 seasons since 2008 where Tech had a player do that, and it was nine different players. Uh, and so Bryson is in that category, and it, he is blowing away the, the names on these on these lists. You know, That's wild to me. Keenan Evans, Jay Crockett, Mac McClung, Culver, Martin Zeno, Singletary. Uh, it, it's not even close. And, yeah, it's early – um, he's got a long ways to go. He's probably not going to keep up the pace he's at. He's going to s- slow down from the three-point line. He's making a ton of open shots. People aren't guarding him. Like when we do a pick and roll at the top, they're leaving him to defend the ball, yeah. the driver. And Kansas is the first team that stopped doing that in the second yeah. half. And someone asked about that. I don't know if you want to hit on that now, about why can't we run a pick and pop with O'Banner the same way we do Williams. But I think part of it is, they O'Banner is known as a shooter, and so I don't think he's going to get as open. And, but also, Bryson sets really good picks. Like <laughs> I think that's an underrated part of the pick and roll, the pick and pop is like setting a good screen and going, you know, finding the open space. Like I, I saw, I think O'Banner a couple times against Kansas, like just whiffed, <laughs> like when he tried to set a screen. And so I think that's that's, right. that's a part of it too. And uh, you know, and with O'Banner, I mean. This kind of surprised me, but there's a uh, an account that looked at who's taking the easiest threes and who's taking the most difficult ones. And O'Banner is is pretty much literally taking the easiest threes in college basketball right now. Yeah. And they they do it by if you if you're if it's a catch and shoot, so if you're not having to dribble before you shoot, right. and whether <clears throat> whether it's contested or not. And so we are generating some really open looks for him and putting him in a good position to make shots. And I, I mean, I, I think that that's going to translate at some point. I mean, you just, you, yeah, I mean, it has to, it's going to, I mean, he made a huge shot last he, game. And yeah, so yeah. I think maybe that, and it was in a pick and pop situation. Yeah. So maybe that'll be what gets him going. But, but the, the one thing, if, if teams, we didn't do this against Kansas, but if they start defending the ball screen, with Bryson, the way that way Kansas was, you know, if we get them out of where they're both, <clears throat> both of the defenders are sagging off of him and stopping the driver, uh, 
And, and so they're having to play it to where just one guy is either having to fight through the screen or switch to defend Shannon or Culver. I mean, whoever it is that the guy with the ball is going to have to take advantage of that, you know, to that's what you have to do now that will make them start playing it the other way again. And yeah. we kind of yeah. weren't, um, we were kind of hesitant um, against Kansas. I wonder if we almost like got too into getting the ball to him later in that game to where, like you were saying, the possession was kind of running out, trying to enter the ball to him while they yeah. had, while they were yeah. double teaming him, where we should have just kind of ran our offense and because mm-hmm. the, it the ball. finds him eventually. Yeah. Either way, that's a good point. Or even just run. I mean, have him screen. I mean, you're gonna. There's gonna be some space there. You would think. Um, He's so good though. I mean, yeah. he, we just. I'm looking at that list. You. That's. It's just wild to me. Like to me, Keenan Evans is the best basketball player I've ever seen at Texas Tech. And like you said, I mean, he's kind of blowing Keenan away in these categories. Like it's why, I mean, maybe it looks different. That's the reason like Keenan's like a guard. He's got the ball in his hand so often and he's driving. Maybe that it just, but it's wild just looking at it. Yeah, it is. And, you know, to Keenan's credit, he has two seasons at the top of this list. Yeah, Bryson yeah, still has 10 more games. And right. I, it's, I, I'd put money on, you know, 2018 Keenan still being at the top of this yeah. when it's all said and done. Cause you know, teams are going to start adjusting to Bryson. Um, they already, you know, everybody doubles him in the paint, but that what makes him so good is that he's not a one trick kind of pony guy. I mean, he can no. shoot the three, yeah. he can post you up. He can also take you off the dribble. Yeah. And, and like, there's, we haven't had anybody that's like that. The thing anybody. that impresses me with him is he finishes like he's almost like you talk about like Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes arm angles and being able to get the ball off and stuff. Like he finishes at like really tight angles, really weird angles, like shots that don't look like they're going to have a, a, a chance, like just drop straight through. Like he's got a really good feel around the basket that I didn't, I, I didn't watch a lot of Utah basketball. So I didn't know before he got here, but there's times like, well, that there's no way like he's got the angle on that. And then boom, it drops. Like it's really impressive just him manipulating the space and the defenders. Yep. And he's an underrated passer too. He's not, he doesn't, he rarely put the ball to him in the, in the, in the paint. He is definitely trying to pass. He's trying to find someone to that's open uh, around the three point line. And if nobody's there, then he, he takes it. Right. He's, he just doesn't, uh, he plays under control and really O'Banner is the same way too. I mean, he is, we're talking about finishing around the basket. He's number one, in the big 12 right now. Yeah. And he, he should have had a big and one, like even the announcers were going like that is he hit him on the back. Like that is obviously a foul at the end of that Kansas game that he was yelling for it. Like, I don't even know how he got that shot to go in. Cause I, I think he was expecting the foul and to go to the line and then yeah. went in. But I yeah. mean, I, I just, I mean, I, I've talked about it a lot. Like sometimes to me, college basketball is hard to watch. Um, this team is not. Um, even though they can't shoot. And I, yeah. and I think that that's a testament to just what they do. We're just deep too. And it's tough to figure, you know, the back end at, you know, arms is playing less and Nadolny's playing less. And, um, you know, you feel, feel for those guys, but it's, just, we have a lot of guys, a lot of options that we can play with. And, yes. and it's just, you know, it's weird to me, like you're playing Kansas and I saw it the first time in Lowick. And it was like that on Monday. It's like we're deeper than they are. We're bigger than they are. Um, you know, they're they're plenty fast and long, and we're we're right there. Right. There's not a huge difference. Yeah. And 
it, I mean, there's just not many teams that match up with us. No. Yeah. That that's a good point. And I mean, even you look at it, I mean, Clarence had his best game as a red Raider against Kansas in Lubbock and basically was a non-factor and you still went to double overtime. Like it's like, that speaks to what you're saying. It could be anybody's night at any time. We just need to make some shots. We're going to yeah. be hateful. I mean, I, I texted um, somebody. I, uh, like if we hit our shots, like at an average rate compared to, you know, how much they're contested and all that kind of stuff, the shot quality. If you hit an average rate based on the shot quality, how good would we be? <laughs> like it's, I mean, we'll, uh, my brother-in-law is the one who I texted that to. And he replied, like, we would be last two years Baylor. And I think that's a pretty good – I think that's a pretty good comp. We don't have the guards that they do, but it's – Or it's shot blockers. Right. I mean, I think it's it's a pretty good comp, you know, based off the defense that we play and the points that we could potentially score. Yeah, we just got to see it, though, you know. Because right. even, like, the Oklahoma State game where they're, they're good and we blew them out and – and it's like, well, we blew him out because we were making shots. I mean, we still <laughs> – it was like, what, in the low 30s maybe? Yeah. Shot? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, that's yeah. not our – We weren't on fire by any that, means. That's not our peak. We've yeah. got much more in the tank um, in terms of playing offense. But, I, you know, I like that we – you know, we're playing better offense now against good teams than we did three months – two months ago. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. People were, people were freaking out over the way the offense looked in the non-conference. Yeah. We're taking care of the ball. You know, yeah. that's what surprised me. I would have, uh, I would have thought that would have been a serious issue in a good team's defense. You know, that we are, I mean, we're second, we're second in the big 12 and having the lowest uh, turnover percentage. Yeah. that And that, I think that helps where we can, you know, play the pace that Adams wants them and wants them to play. Um, because I do think it's like you said, I think you said on the last podcast, we're very choosy on when we up the pace, when we run. Um, and I, I do, I do like that. It does. It seems like tech is usually the one saying like, this is the speed we're playing. Like you're going to have to play our speed. And I do. And like turnovers obviously are a big part of that. Yeah. And so we probably won't have another one of these until after Texas game. And I know people want to, it's they're an easy target because they're they've struggled some and it's maybe a testament to how good they are that quote unquote struggling is 15 and five, same record as us. Um, but they've got a much tougher schedule ahead of them, but you know, they do have, if anybody can match up with us, they, it's kind of them. They have a lot of bigs that are similar size and kind of, you know, athletes um, they can roll them out. We, you know, we can't, they've got guys like if they get in foul trouble, they've got another big, they can throw in there against Bryson or over there. They've got guards. I mean, uh, they're a scary team. I I know it's people don't, maybe don't want to admit it, but um, they've got as good. Like I I said that, and this was to to go back to what you were saying, like when we got Adams and maybe he was for the best. I mean, I truly think if Adams had their roster, it would be it would look very similar to what we're doing now. Yeah. I mean, he would be doing some serious damage in this conference with with how many bigs they have and their how good of guards they have. Well, and and you always talked about it. The, that roster doesn't make sense for what we know to be true. You know about the, the that coaching staff. Like, it, 
I don't know. It just, it's a very weird uh, assortment. Um, and they're still so, doing weird. They're still doing weird stuff. Like which uh, this Dylan Disu played three yeah. minutes against TCU. Yeah. I he mean, played, he played 13 against Oklahoma state, seven against Kansas state. I mean, he's one of their premier guys that they yeah. brought in and he's not playing that much. Yeah. Um, and it's because Beard hates bigs. <laughs> and yet recruited several good ones. Yeah, I mean, it's just. And, and the, the, of course, the big irony in that is he had all these bigs that he wanted, and he probably got more than he chewed, could chew on. You know, he probably yeah. got more than he really actually thought he could get when the best one was Bryson Williams. Yeah. He, he had yeah. him behind all these guys that he, you know, Trey Mitchell and Bishop and uh, Desu and, I mean, and yet Timmy Allen and yet uh, we got the best one. Yeah. It's, that is true. Oh yeah. It's almost like, I'm just trying to think like of the, the characteristics of players that beard like to recruit here. I could see maybe Bryson isn't quite the athlete that he wanted, like the rim protector, the guy who can guard like i don't know i'm just trying to come up with some logic to why he would be last on that list he can shoot maybe that was a knock against him i don't know but it's it is a very weird i think you're higher on texas than a lot of people are and not really i mean you look at the like ken palm has them the same as us yeah that's just, just a little bit worse than us but i think yeah. they're like 15th or 16th and we're 14th yeah yeah they've got a tough game Saturday, because when when I'm when we're talking about margins and how easy it is to lose, I mean they're in that boat big time. I mean they yeah. they could win some of these games and finish really with a great seed, but they could very easily lose you know um, eight nine more games. Yeah, which that honestly, I mean I guess that's probably just life in the Big Twelve, but it did seem like the last two years of Beard here it felt that way. Like you were just on a razor's edge. Like you didn't know going into each game, like you could easily win, but you could just as easily lose. Like, and I feel, I do feel like Texas is in that spot. I'm just ready for that game to be over. I I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm tired of the, uh, the, I won't say that on this podcast. You said it. I'm tired of the energy that tech fans have towards that game. Like, I think it's embarrassing for, um, (laughs) And not even in the sense that, like, we want to win and all that. It's just, like, I'm so tired of talking about it. Like, just, we are good. Like, focus on this team. Stop focusing on people who chose to go elsewhere. It just drives me nuts. So, I'm just ready for it to be over. But I do want to win. So I want to win bad. Yeah. It's going to suck if we lose. Yeah, it really is. Uh, It it absolutely is going to suck. So, as much as I'm ready for it to be over, I do want to, I do want to win. So, um, hopefully, that's what we're talking about next week. But. Like I said, this basketball team is just fun to watch, and I don't no, say that a lot. We may not have one next week if we lose. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, um, well, I'll just play a Johnny Cash's "Hurt" and put that up on the feed, and we'll be, uh, we'll be good. Uh, or Johnny Cash's version, excuse me, for any Nine Inch Nails fans out there. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. That's same here. All right. Well, we may or may not see you next week. If you want to hear a podcast, then I guess cheer hard for the Red Raiders. But uh, we will see you all later. Walked into the spot. From here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. 
baby Tigner But you walked into the spot From here is potable These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot Go Taylor, go Hunter